You know, there's a very good movie about the founding of the McDonald's franchise. And this movie is called The Founder. It came out in 2016 and stars Michael Keaton. It's a very good movie. I recommend it. I saw it a few years ago and recently saw it again. And I like this movie because it's a very personal and very intimate story of how Ray Kroc took this idea for the McDonald's brothers and turned it into a world franchise. Now, this didn't happen all at once, obviously. This is something that grew in stages. It grew somewhat methodically, but it grew steadily in stages until this was a major, the major food franchise in the United States. But what I wanted to talk about today is something that I'd like to call the multi-mixer moment. And that's a metaphor that I've taken from this movie or taken from a scene in this movie that describes that moment, that critical moment when someone decides I've had enough, that I've had enough and I'm going to make the, mo make the move. I'm going to make the big jump. And this multi-mixer moment is a reference to a specific scene in the movie. The movie starts out where Ray Kroc is uh, in the uh, early 1950s. He's basically a traveling salesman, and he's hawking these multi-mixers. And these are, these are uh, ice cream shake machines. And I tried to find one that I could use, that I could post here, but there, there isn't one that's uh, a public domain available one that I can use, so... You'll have to just imagine it or see the movie. But it's basically a, a, a large electric machine that has a series of ice cream uh, shake, you know, uh, spindles on it. It's the kind of thing that only a, a restaurant would really buy, you know, if you were making a lot of shakes. And I guess in the 50s, ice cream sodas and shakes were a big deal. Not so much now. But anyway... This guy, Ray Kroc, is uh, going door-to-door -door or restaurant-to-restaurant in the Midwest trying to hawk these multi-mixers with limited degrees of success. And then all of a sudden, he gets a call from his corporate headquarters, and they say, hey, yeah, you know, we got, a, we got an order for eight multi-mixers from some restaurant in San Bernardino, California, blah, 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 blah. And it's probably a mistake because nobody's ever bought six multi-mixers at once. So Ray calls out there to the uh, to the restaurant and says, hey, uh, is this a legitimate order? We'll, we'll have those shipped out to you here, but we just want to make sure that we, we got the right order. And the guy says on the phone, oh, yeah, yeah, it was a mistake. Actually, we're going to need eight of them. We'll need eight multi-mixers instead of six. So this is the type of thing that gets a canny, intelligent businessman like Ray Kroc thinking. So he said, you know what, I'm going to go check this place out. So he detours from his usual sales route in the Midwest out to Southern California, and he actually eats at this McDonald's. And he's fascinated. And he asks to go uh, meet the owners, and he talks to the McDonald's brothers, and they give him a tour of the kitchen and show them, show him what they've done and their little assembly line process there. And all that. And uh, this 
makes a big impression on Ray Kroc because you can just tell that this is the type of guy who's tried various different business ideas, none of which have really been successful. And he's in his early 50s. He's reaching that point in his life where it's a make or break moment. He's got to make things happen. He's got to do something. If it doesn't happen now, it's not going to happen. So this is his thinking. And he's also burdened, unfortunately, with a wife who is not very supportive of his ambitions. I would not say that she's contemptuous of his ambitions, but she's not fully on board. She's not engaged. She's not emotionally or really even financially engaged in his ambitions. And she just wants really him to ride it out and just have his little comfortable sales job and ride that out to the finish line. But Ray Kroc is not like this. He's not that kind of a man. He wants more. He wants something bigger, better, stronger, faster. He wants more. And so this budding franchise idea begins to percolate in his head. He can't get it out of his mind. He can't get it out of his mind. And yet he continues going along on his sales route, trying to hawk his multi-mixers, all the while cogitating over what he saw in San Bernardino, California. And it's eating at him. It's gnawing at him. It's gnawing at him. It's like that scene in Moby Dick, the quarter deck, I think, is the chapter, where Starbucks says to Stubb, he sees Ahab pacing on the quarter deck, and he says, uh, he says, uh, do you mark him, Stubb? The chick that's in him pecks the shell. Twill soon be out. In other words, there's something inside, pecking, pecking, pecking away at the shell. And Ahab needed to get it out, and I guess Ray Kroc also needed to get it out. So anyway, the tra for those of you who don't know, the sales job, the traveling sales job can be a pretty a pretty dark job at, at times. And I have a friend who who did this line of work and he told me you know, eventually, you know, every every now and then you do have these Willie Loman moments. If you remember that play by um oh gosh, I can't remember what his name was, but uh uh Death of a Salesman. I can't I can't remember the name of the the guy who wrote Arthur Miller, that's right. Anyway, but uh life on the road, I, maybe not just for sales, but I think for anyone, if you're just going from hotel, from flea bag motel to flea bag motel, it can get pretty depressing. It gets pretty depressing. And they show some scenes where Ray Kroc takes out his little electric record player and plays his little motivational, uh, his little motivational records, 75 RPM records. I guess the 1950s version of uh, Anthony... Uh, Oh gosh, what the hell's his name? It's not 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 a good not not a good day this morning for memory here. But uh, uh, Anthony Rob <laughs> the the nineteen the nineteen fifties version of an Anthony Anthony Robbins motivational recordings. And anyway, so he's trying to keep his morale up, and th those th those uh, self help stuff that that can be very good to keep the morale up. So I'm not knocking that. I'm just making an observation. But in any case. Things are approaching a point of criticality, a crisis point for Ray Kroc. Either he's going to do something or he's not going to do anything. And it all comes down to one moment. Remember that scene in Wall Street 
right before where Charlie Sheen goes in to see Gordon Gecko for the first time, he says, life all comes down to one moment. Life all comes down to a few moments, he says. This is one of them. And that's true. That is true. Life really does come down to a few critical moments. And it often can be things that you never really expect. Another example. There's a scene in the movie Collateral. Uh, the movie Collateral, Michael Mann film starring Jamie Foxx and Tom Cruise, where Tom Cruise is about to get into uh, Jamie Foxx's cab and Jamie Foxx doesn't see him and Tom Cruise walks away. And then Fox says, hey, no, no, I'm sorry, man, I didn't see you. Go on, come on and get in. Now, if he had just let, let Tom Cruise go off on his way, he would have saved himself a hell of a lot of heartache that night and for the rest of his life. But fate has a way of intervening. It did not happen that way. It happened the other way. And sometimes fortune can turn on the slightest of incidents. And we know that from our study of ancient history and ancient philosophy. And I know you know that because you've been reading it in my books. I know you know it. So you don't need to be told this. You already know this. But it's nice to see a modern illustration of this principle. And so anyway, Ray Kroc is approaching a crisis point. He's approaching a point in his mind where this idea of getting out of the sales business is chipping away at him. He sees himself getting more and more aged. He realizes that he needs to make a move at some point. And so finally, finally, it all comes to a head. And I call this crisis point the multi-mixer moment. There's a point in the movie where the actor, Michael Keaton, who's playing Ray Kroc, he makes his little sales pitch to some backyard restaurant in the middle of nowhere and the guy basically slams the door in his face so Michael Keaton dejectedly humps this uh, multi-mixer this big heavy chrome plated machine this obsolete chrome plated machine humps it back to his car opens the trunk of his car his 1950s car dumps the multi-mixer in there and then slams the door slams the hood uh, sl slams the trunk shut. In, Br in Britain, I guess they would say slams the boot of the car shut, but in the United States, we say trunk. Anyway, he slams the trunk shut on the multi-mixer and then pounds his fists on the top of the trunk. He pounds his fists several times, not just once, but several times. He pounds his fists on the roof, uh, on the, on the, the, uh, the roof of the trunk in frustration and rage, and anger. And that is his multi-mixer moment. He's made the decision. He's done. I'm done, is what that says. That little scene says, I am done. I'm out of here. Enough. I've had enough. I've had enough. And that's when he drives all the way back to San Bernardino, and he says, you've got a franchise. I'm doing it. I don't care where I get the money from. I don't care how I get the money. You're doing it. If not, if not doing it for yourselves, do it for the country. Do it out of your patriotic duty. You just have to franchise this idea. And that leads to a whole other progression of the movie that we don't need to get into. But that was the genesis. The genesis of the idea began with the multi-mixer moment. The genesis of the idea, the crisis point was reached 
with that multi-mixer moment. That spark, that moment when flint struck steel and the spark of inventiveness was generated. And when this spark of inventiveness was generated, all else could follow from that point. All else followed. Financing, he got financing. Employees, he got employees. Business plan, he made his own business plan. Once you make the decision to act, then everything else becomes very simple. Once you make the decision to act, then everything else follows. So all these guys who talk about, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that, and I'm going to do this, you know what? They're not going to do anything until they reach their multi-mixer moment. And either you're going to do it or you're not. There's no half-stepping in this life. Either you're going to make it happen or you're not. And some people, they talk a good game, but when push comes to shove, they never do anything. Because they were never going to happen. They were never going to make it happen anyway. They never had any intention of getting off their asses. They never had any intention of lifting a fucking finger and doing anything. They were all talk. A lot of talk in the bag. And you'll find out that there are many people like this. Many people like this. So this is the multi-mixer moment. And this is what you will need to accept. And this is something that you will need to act on when your crisis point comes. Because if you're not satisfied with where you are, if you're not satisfied with where you are, with what you're doing, either you're going to change it or you will not. Either you will or you will not. And everyone makes this decision, whether you know it or not, whether you admit it to yourself or you don't. Everyone makes this decision. Everyone does. With those little actions every day, you make that decision. And so you're going to have to decide. Do you want to be a whiner and a complainer for the rest of your life? Or do you want to accept the challenge? Do you want to step in the arena? Do you want to accept the challenge? Are you serious? Are you truly serious about doing something? Or do you just want to talk? And you'd be surprised when I ask people this question. When I ask them questions like, do you, really, do you want to fool around? Or do you really want to change things? I'll ask them. I said, do you really want to change things or, you, or do you just want to fool around? And you'd be surprised how many people have to pause before they can answer that question. Don't be one of those people. When your multi-mixer moment comes, act and act decisively. And let fortune allow the chips to fall as they may. All right, that's enough. We'll talk soon.